Yeah, it's going to be super easy. It's like Poland, Germany, Netherlands, like classic pushover teams. We're going to do fine. <laughs> another episode of enter the matrix boys <laughs> this time we're talking about the international team tournament that's how zach calls it i think and i've grabbed three captains those poor souls who will have to deal with me and except pumba i'm not allowed to deal with pumba uh for <laughs> which, basic... is, which is ridiculous by the way <laughs> you would not it. want me as a ref at your tables anyway so I know why you... <laughs> I really so, wouldn't. So you're you just saved. Rules, so. so you're just saved at this point. So yeah, this time we're just gonna talk about ITT, the preparation, what comes in from like different teams. We have three players that I could say are like kind of WTC players. Mitch, you were at WTC. Pumba, you kind of were at WTC as well. Although you were kinda. more with your body, less with your soul. Looking at the list you played, the soul uh, was left in Poland. Yes. And David, you're trying to gather the Kiwis, Kiwis to actually get their asses over here, which I can imagine is a hard task. It's a hard task, but we have uh, almost eight people confirmed for this year, so we're uh, we're going to be bringing the uh, we're going to be bringing the heat, hopefully, you know. But we're there, we're there to have a good time as well. Yeah, that's always great to hear. So, uh, what I wanted to talk mostly is about your whole preparation, what's happening, like how did you gather your team? What's your like main approach to actually going to like a team tournament in the whole UKTC setting as you are like UKTC regulars, like either as a ref or as a player, how much it changes your approach and what you do compared to what you do usually when you mm. travel to those single events. So uh, as we kind of already alluded at the very beginning of the off topic that we had two minutes ago, so we, we can start with Mitch. You just mentioned that Team Iceland is not coming. What happened and how did you end up with your team? What's going on? Yeah, I, I didn't realize we were recording when we were, so it's a good start to the show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so unfortunately, Team Iceland was able to put this one together. Uh, it just didn't work out for too many schedules, I believe. There's also the big, um, the big Iceland GTs fairly soon, and I think that was also putting downward pressure on travel. So sadly couldn't make this one work. So instead I collected uh, a bunch of friends that I've kind of made sort of from the local Oxford group, but actually most of those friendships were made from the UKTC scene. So like one guy's from my, my local club, John, he was like a consistent form one player with like death watch last season. So he likes playing weird off meta stuff. He's pretty good at it. So of course we just gave him iron hands and said, go kill people for, the, for this time. <laughs> Cause it's like Marines. Uh, he's going to be the one that scores the points. I, um, I remember funny story. I, we got the question whether death watch loses their combat doctrine if they take knights, because it's actually better for them to be able to choose the <laughs> That, oh, that that question came from John. Yeah, that's yeah, where that I came know. from. Wait, so and wait, then wait, I wait, stole wait, the Hellburns anyway. Before we go any further, can you lose your can you lose it if you bring in knights or not? Yes. yes. Oh wow! So because wait, because is great at writing rules. Apparently, look at the normal doctrines, like the normal permanent devastator doctrine. If you bring in knights, do 
or you just lose everything. No, you lose the super doctrine. You oh, lose right. the super doctrine because the super doctrine Except Dark Angels. Because... Except Dark Angels because um, reasons. But yeah. Yeah, the, the one has an agents of the Imperium exemption, the other does not. Um, <laughs> exactly. Which is actually so the... better for Depth Watch because then they can stay in Devastator and they can take their free 15 from Codex Warfare. They don't have to hop around. Which is that yeah. is correct. Certainly, and I hate it so much. <laughs> and then the um, but the, finish out the question. The other three guys are just friends that I met on the UKTC scene. So uh, Doug and Matt Tabor, who are friends that I've met at many of these tournaments, and you kind of like build up a crew of people that you get familiar with, you go get lunch with, and we've just been doing that for a while. Um, so they're really cool. They're coming as well. Uh, and then finally, the fifth player. Uh, Tom is actually just made the Scottish WTC, WTC team this year. It was kind of an unknown who was going to get it. And then he was like very emotionally the, the, the eighth one pick. So he was like super proud that he got that thing. And actually we met him because uh, we met in the finals of the Friday night uh, doubles event. Uh, John and I were playing a really stupid six armager, three emulator list because that's what you can do in like team doubles. And we met at the finals and we beat their blood angels blood angels list which was literally just a 2000 point blood angels list cut into two patrols uh turns out even three or pinch units beats blood angels at least at that event uh and like you know we bonded over the table and so you know tom made the team too so for me it's very much a go to big events make friends and then you can stitch teams together fairly easily if you want to um yeah yeah and um the tickets for this event i think sold like hotcakes as well so Unless you got a ticket oh, like, yes, they did. four months ago, like you were not getting a ticket after that. You uh, weren't that first, right, David? From what I recall, you guys. Oh, yeah, so, like, um, so I wasn't even in the team. So uh, I played for Team Dice Town, um, and we're like a team of like, you could best describe us as average um, players. Yeah, I mean, we don't have that many accolades. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, myself and Big PJ obviously were the most active players last year, and we had, and then a lot of people, you know, kind of on the cooler. Um, so yeah, we had a, we had original team and I, and I just said, oh, you know, cause I, I knew I was going to be playing Vegas and then potentially Bournemouth and then, which I didn't end up playing, but then I went, okay, because I'm not going to play Bournemouth. I'll play the ITT cause someone dropped. I knew someone would eventually drop anyway, so <laughs> it wasn't too bad. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we've got, uh, we actually, we're actually running a four plus one. So we've got myself, uh, Vic VJ, um, Boris Michev, who, uh, is the co-owner, co-founder of Bad Moon Cafe, who like multiple, oh, uh, nice. later is like a super good player but he's like not super active so uh that's an interesting one um and then he was got... in the finals of last Leicester, from what yep, i certainly was yeah, he just... also was playing the last itt from what i remember yep exactly yeah just playing drakari like you know made it to the finals of Leicester playing drakari because he's like just played that for like what like such a long time he's he's the type of person that you know if you give him like 10 15 games and and like have people that are active at the high level, um, bring him up to speed. He's a person that will just like come crunch it. So um, great guy. Um, uh, James Bessie or Jim Bessie, who is our um, lovable Drakari player for this one. Uh, he's such a good friend of ours as well. He's like the nicest guy too. Uh, and then we've actually got uh, Brian Sip playing for us. So originally Ooh. we had another player, but um, it was kind of shaky whether or not he could play. Alex Pitford, who is another strong player, an ex-Team England player uh so yeah um brian and i were chatting in vegas and he said oh you know if you um if you've ever got a spot uh for the itt for your team like just let me know and i was like yeah of course man and uh we had to come up so yeah obviously brian is a really good player as well so uh brian joined the team and i said right brian <laughs> how do you like iron hands <laughs> i see pumba is scared 
I am because there might be a, a different chat which I am involved in, uh, in which Brian is at, where I literally <laughs> told him the list I was bringing. <laughs> And it okay, was well, today because I had no idea he was coming to ATT. <laughs> look, it's absolutely fine. I Brian doesn't share anything like that. So the best part about like I would play with is that. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, like people that play at this level two are kind of involved in a couple of different teams and national teams and stuff like that as well. So Brian, I, I don't know what you're playing for, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, Brian hasn't Brian for sure. Hand on my heart hasn't uh, hasn't said anything as well. So uh, we're we're a stand up on and we're already I'm going. Yeah. I'm fine. Speaking of uh, speaking of teams, Pumba, who are you bringing across from Poland? Because I I'm sure that obviously you guys are one of the scarier teams. Uh, are you bringing actually a mini WTC team to ITT? Is that what that is? Five WTC players. Uh, I mean, I have four people from the last WTC team, and one uh, of our new prospects who just smashed the last season of our uh, league. Like he came first. I think in like every six. every tournament, single tournament he attended, he won with Harley Queens. Every single one. I've, I'm pretty much that's what's happened. Basically, smashed the the league, and he's one of the prospects to the the current team. Uh, the, one of the strongest candidates. Uh, so yes, you might say we are bringing the the mini WTC team to roll around, especially that I'm um, one of the, the team selectors for this year, as well yeah. as one uh, Myson is. So uh, he's coming with me as well. So we are taking this opportunity and every other international event pre-WTC is going to be basically preparation for WTC for us as well. Mm, what's interesting, especially for this tournament for us, because we are so used to WTC rules, WTC terrain and stuff, we are treating this as an opportunity to learn a completely new system new yeah. terrain stuff new, new rules basically because wtc let's yeah. be honest is completely different rule sets from what itt uses um so it's also a valuable experience in how quickly we can actually adapt to a completely new system as we know for wtc at uh, the 10th will be coming around and we will need to prep for that instantaneously basically so it's a good like um stress test for the ability to team 14 to adapt so that's what's going on it's, I think you, in you a way, it. this is this is like that also in that we just had Arcs of Oban. The meta is not settled and you're already being thrown into a team tournament. So you're also making team comps with very low information, right? Which has been the fun for us, I think. Yeah. That is correct. Like yeah. the, 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 the time is ripe for people like me, for the team selectors, team captains, stuff like this, to stress test your players, to stress test like uh, your candidates for the team. Uh, to figure out wh where you are lacking, what needs to be fixed and stuff, so you are actually prepped for the main WTC event. Hmm. Yeah, and I think you're right. Like It's such an exciting part of the time to play a tournament where the meta is so unsolved. Like We've had a couple of tournaments, but that doesn't necessarily reflect on what we know will apply to the UKTC uh, terrain. And I was just looking to the terrain mission pack today. Like All the tables are just set as well. Like, I know last year they yeah. had indents tables, which mm -hmm. was rather poor rules writing created some rather interesting uh you know conundrums there but they're all just set yeah. tables now and there is a new table as well there's a new uh table layout which is uh it's an interesting table layout to say the least um so yeah there's a lot of stuff up in the air and i don't think anyone has got it solved i'll certainly say that we've we've we certainly don't feel like we've got it solved at all um and uh i don't know Pumba and Mitch, he's like the same way but like we're just like 
I think this will be good. <laughs> the the yeah, strategy that we took for this was like, let's take all comers ish list that we have like a lot of experience with because that's probably what we'll do best at. So like, uh, one of our players is bringing gray knights because he just has a ton of gray knights reps, and maybe they're somewhere in A, maybe they're top of B tier. I don't know, but he's really good at them. So we can, he'll outperform what Grey Knights probably will do on average across the meta. So we thought that was more correct than trying to meta hop on fairly short notice. So, and I'm doing the same. I'm still playing my sisters, um, despite everyone saying they're trash now. We'll see. I think sisters are really good and and uh, super viable in eights, very viable in eights. And, uh, you know, if you've got a good player on them, can go in fives too, especially with one of the boards being extremely dense. Uh, they will be absolutely phenomenal on that terrain and I, you know the secondaries are still really strong as well so i think they're a good all-round list to hit um to have in the team for sure especially if you've got someone good on them as well you got a lot of player expression i think the sisters too that's one of the armies that's way better in 20 nil than in windrow lose yes that is yeah. the case i can lose by 10 to anybody <laughs> which is sometimes the job the you have to do yeah yeah but they lose by like 10 to iron hands right or dark angels like Okay, cool. <laughs> I played Jokic's Iron Hands earlier this week on TTS, and he's you know one of the best players. He's one of the best players in Team Iceland, top hundred in the world, playing full Iron Hands. I played a dumb Valorous Heart thirty sacks at list, had never tried it into before, and yoloed all thirty sacks at him, top of turn one, and I lost by eight. I thought that was pretty pretty fine for an outcome. Yeah, Love sounds it. like sisters. <laughs> I mean, it does not at all. Normally, you don't see them shove thirty models into the middle of the board and say, "Can you kill it?" But uh, he could. It just took a little while. Two up and cover. Yeah. And Pumba, are you guys like, were you guys feeling comfortable? Because obviously, I think it's fair to say, like, you've got the most experience out of probably anyone here around doing doing uh, captain season tests. Like, you guys are always screaming online. Like, do you, do you, were you feeling like, oh, it was pretty obvious what the top list to bring were? Or Definitely not. Like, I wouldn't say we knew right away what the top lists were. Like, as, as everybody, especially after the ARCs hit, we had guesses and estimations, and the the job was to actually figure them out and back them up by actual testing. So I would say we are. What I'm doing basically now is what I am expecting to do at the actual WTC, or what I've done for any Polish team event, especially five v fives, as I have a lot of experience captaining my own local team in that. Uh, so figuring out the answers for the potential like meta mm. so i'm trying to um assess what the meta is going to be like what i'm expecting people to bring uh, in the biggest quantities and having answers for that more than like figuring what definitely is the like the best five armies to bring so That's... i need any answers to do to the meta that i'm approaching instead of just being the meta mm. Yeah, that's interesting because I think Mitch and I would probably, because we're not as team orientated in that, I think especially in fives as well, like we would probably tend to gravitate towards more rounded lists instead of like, you know, teched and skewed. So like, I mean, I'll say for our team, most of our lists are quite well-rounded. When we're playing armies, that have options to skew either way. And I think we've probably opted for more rounded stuff. Do you think that's better in fives or like eights? And what's the difference there? Would you bring a super skew list, for example, in fives or... I, I would add one thing before Pumba answers. I think all of the things that we talk about are dictated by the fact that all of the tables are, have the same layout. Yeah, this is I was exactly. Say, there's just huge differences. Yeah, 
so yeah, to, to answer your question, uh, this tournament is widely different to any other 5v5 event I've done because mm -hmm. in here, every single table is going to be the same. Mm, yeah. And that also means uh, bringing like a huge gun line skill list might not work. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the nine the really big difference is there's no ties. So if you win 51-49 exactly. as a team, that's a win, not a draw, which also I think changes the calculus fairly significantly. So mm -hmm. the, the combination of the uh, every table is the same and the scoring system with no draws means this definitely favors all around and all around the list instead of skewer lists. But it is not never. out there to like I, I think there's still might be some skill lists that will absolutely do amazing in this, like, in this there are things to still anticipate like you can imagine most of the top teams will bring some version of guard and you need to have something prepared for that and i yeah. don't think we are showing any secrets expecting that some teams might first defend with guard and what do you do with it yeah. right what's your answer you need to kind of know it before you yeah i mean like that um... the event uh, I think, uh, yeah, I like, uh, so look, I'm playing guard um, for our team. Uh, and that's the reason why I How can you leave with, with yourself? Do you sleep at night? <laughs> I, I can go deep on guard if you want. And I think a lot of people probably be very surprised by what I say. But before I go into that, um, that's why I asked Puma the question. I was like, do you think it's more like skew or, or well-rounded? Because guard is one of those things where, you know, maybe you can bring nine Russes and outflank, you know, six of them and or, or whatever, right? Or you could bring like full indirect or, or something like that. Or you could bring like a bunch of infantry or, or something. Um, but I think I, I would agree, like we kind of came to the same conclusion about like we'd rather just play, um, uh, we'd rather play well-rounded this. But, you know, I think this also comes into it. I think my team or, or for Team Dice Down, we, we're definitely not one of the top teams at the event, I don't say. I, I think we're maybe third at the event, potentially. Um, you know, I think Poland, you guys and Team England have got the resources in the player base to draw on that's like significantly larger than than we do. Uh, you know, for example, like we we have Vic, myself, and Brian, who will comfortably go to any army. We'll be like, okay, we think the top three are like this. Okay, boom, whatever. Like we'll get it together, play it, rip it out. And then we've got uh, Boris and Jim that are, are pretty much set on playing like what they want. And and I don't know if they would necessarily be armies that would be in the top eight list, but like we're such good friends and we want to play the event to have a good time as well. So it's kind of there's pragmatic implications for what the list we're bringing as well. Um, in a certain sense. So I feel like you guys in team England Pumba would probably don't have to work with things like that. Is it kind of true or more or less? Uh, I think the, the thing that always happens, uh, even when building a team for 5v5 or, uh, or 8v8, to be honest, or even WTC is you will have faction specialists. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you want to bring them, if they are someone that you want to work with, uh, they are kind of set on the faction. Mm -hmm. But uh, we have one of those actually in our team. And you might know uh, him, David. You <laughs> might know him that you have played the guy already, so so it's not a big not a big secret, and he is already in BCP. So I'm not revealing too much over here. Yeah, but uh, he's a he's the, that type of guy that if you uh, give him a task to solve with that particular army, he will solve it. Like, there's yeah. no way he won't. Yeah. Like, I have so much trust that he is able to pull exactly the scores that he needs to, where, like, if he has the exact job to do, 
that I have no problem bringing that particular army that he is only comfortable with, for example, yeah. which is a huge value. And we have, uh, of course, some people that will just army hop, whatever. Uh, I'm pretty much comfortable army hopping. Uh, we have uh, Myson, who will play, play pretty much anything as long as it's absolutely busted. Uh, <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I can play literally almost anything. I wouldn't play a, a straight guy, I guess. But that's or Death Guard. Uh, or, or Death Guard. Fuck Death Guard. God, I hate that army. I wouldn't play Death Guard. Uh, oh my God. That's the thing. I don't... Uh, because they're bad, right? I. Uh, How do you like your short, stumpy legs that move <laughs> only five inches, man? Yeah. I like, that sounds I, I would I just cannot deal with an army that gets beaten by drawing a 17 inches out of your measuring tape. <laughs> that like, that is one of my favorite just... things in 40k when you roll up to the table against a death guard player and you're kind of trying to suss each other out, like how good is my opponent, how hard of a time you give me, and the way their face falls when I measure 17.1 inches. 17 inches. They're like, oh crap, he's one of them. He knows what to do. <laughs> I'm like playing an next. army that loses to a measure tape isn't a good take. <laughs> that is, that is I, look, you gotta disrespect them more than that. You just be like 17.1, then be like, nah, I'll, I'll be within 17. And just like, you're not gonna make a 12 anyway. Who cares? Here's the <laughs> worst part. Like, I, <laughs> okay. I have like a pregame spiel where I ask a bunch of questions, even if I know it. I just want to make sure I don't like screw it up and forget when I'm at the table. It's game three on day one. Like, you don't want to make a mistake. And I'll ask the question just to check. Do you have any advance to charge? No. Do you have any fallback in charge? No. Do you have any way to move more than your move distance? Look, buddy, I played Death Guard. We just lay off me for a minute. I'm like, sorry, sorry. It's just, it's just, I'm autopilot. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, uh, so back to the topic, it's kind of push and shove. It's it's both even for us. Like um, the the team Poland is regarded in the major DC community, especially like as a, a very good team. Mm -hmm. But we actually don't have that many players. Our player base is quite small, mm. small comparatively. Uh, like if you compare it to Germany, uh, USA, uh, France, for example, has like billions. Okay. UK for it, yeah. UK is huge, right? So as as a 40k community, we are still quite a small community. We are just hyper focused. Is what's yeah. happening? Yeah, which is I, a huge advantage, you know. When I, people I can, put... no, no, go for Mitch. Go for Mitch. I was gonna say I can empathize with this exactly. Uh, you're talking to Mitch Beard, who plays for Team Iceland, uh, because they also struggle to find eight eight local players. I mean, obviously, I'm gonna play my heart out, and I'd be there as a support if I wasn't playing, but. I mean, same problem. They're, the The Icelandic national team draws from the game store in Reykjavik. It's called Nexus. And there's like 20-odd, 30-odd people who will attend their GTs or their really big RTTs. Like, that's the community. Like, you're going to pick the top five to eight of this 25 people. And that is that is not a big pool to select from. Now, happily, they have Heather and Jokic, who are both top 100 world players. That's a great anchor. But you've got to fill up the rest of the roster, too. And that's where, like... You know, the discipline and the focus and the teamwork and the camaraderie and the planning, I think, can make them outperform, like, the top eight random players in the U.S., for example. Yep. Uh, I can also, like, empathize with this because I have been... How I've actually become a selector for the national team, I think, mainly, is I've built a team of my local players. Just literally my local game store people that just wanted to play with, in a team and improve and go to events. And even with a pool of like 20, 16 people, maybe, we managed to snatch out like uh, Polish team championship last year. So actual 
skill can be developed, especially in this edition, I think. And if you will have focus and uh, have a, a opportunity to uh, like invest time and will to invest time and and practice the game, I think it's worth even more now than ever before in 40k. Are you talking in general in 40k or just because we're in such an unsettled time? In general, like okay. especially, uh, I, I feel like the whole ninth edition is the edition of repetition and the edition of uh, practice. Yeah, like yeah, I would knowledge agree. about the game, knowledge about the rules, uh, and practice. Yeah, I mean, TTS, TTS right? Before, before TTS, there was no way you could do anything like what you can do today. Now, now the sky's the limit. You want to play 15 games a week, there's literally nothing stopping you from doing it against 15 top players in the world, right? That's incredible. Like, I'm gonna be honest, like two years ago, uh, two, two, three years ago, uh, nobody in Poland knew me. Like, we play, I, I just. I just first in like november before cyberpunk released basically so that's what like 21 november 21 i'm guessing or 20 yeah yeah and just nobody knew half of the national team that went to last year's wtc and that's all because tts was possible and practice and actually playing good players was possible hmm. so that's how much the 40k changed right now I um I want to pick up on something you said before, Pombo. Um, you're talking about kind of faction specialists. Do you think it's more important to have a faction specialist in a fives team or more important in an eights team? Or am I am I over exaggerating the the, the difference between fives and eights as well? It's a huge difference. I will. It it is yeah. a huge difference. That's more depending on the meta. I think the more meta is stale and there is a clear cut winner, the more interesting eight months are compared to five months and but in the in the same case when you have a five in five months when you have a meta that let's imagine you have five really dominant armies i think there was one point where you had what Castoats, tau stampede and harleys you had yeah. four really good armies what did you bring as five fifth like there wasn't really a good choice so oh, it's, it's dependent time. on the meta i think by by a lot but at the moment, there's two clear top dogs in Iron Hands and Guard, and then there's a lot of other stuff that's good, right? So I don't think we're going to necessarily have that problem, at least at ITT. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm the, uh, I'll be uh, my confidence level in terms of what the best army is is probably the lowest it's ever been. I think at the moment, I agree. it's, it's I GSC say, yeah. boys, GSC. No one knows <laughs> right. how to play against them. Okay, yeah. I, I agree. It's GSC. I, uh, actually, after he said that. I got yeah. to play Meissen a couple of weeks ago in an Iceland versus Poland scrim, and I'm not exaggerating when I say it was one of the two worst beatings of my entire 40k career. And the other one was to Jack Harpster on a light board at WTC when he was on Tau. I learned things that day from Meissen. I learned so many things. GSC is kind of fun right now, yeah. Um, so back to the... Uh, but actually, yeah, uh, David, you have asked a, a real difficult question for me to answer. Uh, hmm. I think, like, if I had to choose between faction specialists and some someone who is entirely universal, it's very dependent on like when the actual tournament is happening, right? As we've discussed, because right now the more like um, 
if you can uh, army hop easily right now in a time when the meta is changing, it's crucial. And it's going to be the same for WDC and this edition. Hmm. And if you are prepping for an event like in a month, for example, after Arx is kind of figured out, I think the, the faction specialists become more valuable. If you reformulate the question, like I would say, if I had a choice as a team captain to have eight faction specialists or eight universal players, I will always go for universal players. I agree. But if if it was a, a question, if I have eight man team, can I have two faction specialists? Then hell yes, I can do that. Okay, so you, you have you can then build the team kind of around those two armies being set in the team, but mm-hmm. it's not the freedom that you would actually like as a captain in my opinion yeah i i think it's interesting you said that because i'm coming it with the almost exact opposite perspective which is that if we're going to go into wtc with a brand new rule set like a month out which means the meta will be effectively completely unknown i would rather have a player who's deeply comfortable and has history with their factions they can like adapt through that and outperform on limited like experience with the new rule set but a lot of prior experience to draw from rather than the opposite. Um, the way that we're doing it for Iceland is, for all the the candidates, the team's not been selected yet, everyone has their main army that they're going to put the most reps into, and then a secondary backup army in case their main army gets dumpstered between now and August. And you, everyone's expected to be able to pivot over to their backup, but not really much beyond that, just because we know raw reps is going to matter. So, you know, unfortunately, I have to learn GSC <laughs> along the way. Uh, hey, just in arm. case my sisters don't don't make the cut, um, I, I'm surprised how different your perspective on this is actually. It's very coming from I... experience, uh, I will intercept this Pumba. Sorry, um, coming from experience and like the WTCs, I think it was 2013 and 2017 after edition changes. So edition uh, uh, after. S- when six turned to seven and seventh turned to eight, I I don't think that knowledge and reps from previous edition mattered in those editions. Interesting. Like the change was too big and the scoring system changed so much and the like very basic mechanics of the game that it wasn't the reps that matter, it was the player who and how quickly they learned actually. Mm, fascinating. So this is this is very I like I completely understand your take, and I also know that Liam Hackett has the exact same position on this as you. Australians are full on faction specialism, and they yeah. have been for this last WDC, and they have won with that approach. But we had the exact opposite approach and took second. So I think it's very team dependent. Yeah. I think it's. Yeah. So, because they they they've said multiple times, Liam have have said multiple times, probably on this show as well, uh, that they just want a person that they can just. You have that army. If I yeah. if I can trust your scores with that army, we will be fine, and it clearly worked. If, so, if you look at some of their lists, I mean, they were they show the kind of radical innovation that only a deep understanding of a faction would deliver. Like the Necron list that brought like all of those giant barges. Um, if anyone paid attention to their sister's list, I certainly did. It had a Triumph of St. Catherine, which no one has seen at all of Ninth Edition. And nine trade pieces just said, I'm just going to go 12 inches every single charge. Like 
there's something to that, right? No normal human would dream up that kind of a list. Um, so I definitely see your point. That is the, that is absolutely the case. It was the same with uh, Eric. Like Eric, Eric literally born a new uh, archetype of GSC at WTC. And it still works to this day. And now everyone plays Warden, so there's something exactly. about that. And like, like faction specialism and making just interesting out there lists has huge value but it's all very dependent like i do believe i sincerely believe that with enough time if you had infinite time basically you would be able to very much solve their lists as well mm -hmm. the problem is you don't have time to solve their lists you will never have time to solve those very specific lists uh, and because of that they worked so well and faction specialisms give you that ability to build those lists. It is absolutely the case. Okay, Pumba, give me some advice here. So, <laughs> I feel like in I feel like in fives, I'm pretty good on the matrix. I've been doing a few more online team events. You know, I've been doing a few more team events here and there. Mm -hmm. The matrix, I think, is something I'm probably I'm I'm good at. <laughs> but I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I just see what my team has written down, and I'm like, that's not the score. And I just like. <laughs> I just go, I just, before the yeah. matrix, I'll just go, tell me what you don't want to play against. And they'll go like, I don't want to play against this. I don't want to play against this. And I'll be like, cool. Remind me when we're doing the pairings and the thing, tap me on the shoulder and say, okay, remember like this, this, I'll be like, okay, cool. And then I just wrap it all up in my brain and then just do the pairings without any 12, eight, you know, 14, six, whatever, like 10, 10 is, do you think that's a, a viable approach? Like I, I think using the matrix is better, obviously, but if you're, if you're a coming team, if you're a team coming to this event, what and you don't have the time and preparation to do matrix or you haven't got the experience what would be your advice to someone given that i could also be in the ground <laughs> Ooh, that's a that's a hard thing to do i think i i don't think it's that hard i think what yeah. you said about looking for a way to dodge your worst matchups because people usually don't know how to evaluate win draw loses into uh into 20 scoring which is completely fine if you don't have experience with that because people will play differently but from your previous win draw lose games you can tell when you got fucked yeah and you can dodge that and yes and like but the, then the problem that might occur is four people or five people telling you bro i don't want to play that <laughs> no one wants to play guard Surprise. Yeah, so you and, find and, the one who doesn't have any great and then and, and then three the of bus. them, yeah, and then three of them um, don't want to play another thing, and then you need to figure out the optimal way to do that, right? You might not have an answer for something. That is fine. That sometimes happens. Now you need to know which of your armies will get thrown under the bus, and you will only yeah. know that. If you have the actual like matrix, what I recommend in this case, because I since I like I don't believe in putting an exact score for a game into a matrix. I think it's absolutely impossible. I think the people that do it are just making shit up. I'm gonna False be frank decision. about this. Yes, it's just three colors: yes, no, okay. Mm -hmm. Just. Or even like, eh, God, please no, save me from this. 
I'll crush okay. this. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's cool. Do, like, just a question. Three, did you guys three use colors that? is all you need. Did you guys use that WTC or was it? Did you guys do pointed matrix as well? No, we had we five. We basically five had colors. five colors. Five, like okay. five, six colors. We had five major colors, which was like huge win, small win, but every one of those were like basically a bracket. Yeah. Between yep. between big, small, like basically green meant like worst case I get ten, but I can get up to fifteen in that matchup, and then you had like dark green, which was a bigger win. But we also had uh, two colors that meant that that matchup is very swingy, but those colors were meant to be used only if you really know about it because people tend to overuse it because yeah. they feel like, yeah, it's a roll of matchup. It's either 12 for me or 15 to, for me, like, bro. Yeah, if, you, if, you, if you let your players just put everything as a roll off, they will do that every time. Yeah. I, of like, I think um, the interesting oh, gonna, thing that I learned... Go on, sorry. <laughs> oh, go, no, no, you go for it, go for it. Okay, Mitch, go. Thank you, Typhus. He's the boss. The interesting, the interesting thing that I learned uh, from last WTC was, so I was running pairings for Team Ice, and that was my primary job, and I took a very quantitative approach to it. And what I found was, with a fair bit of practice, I got very good at winning, like winning pairings. If you're on audio, you're not seeing the massive air quotes happening, where I had expected outcomes, and then I paired according to what my matrix said was good and avoided what was bad, and I thought I did a great job, and then, you know, perfect performance, but then inevitably the score would be wildly off. Like the hard part is not given a grid, beat the people in pairings. The hard part is the grid needs a ton of context and also you can't trust it. And that's where all of the challenge comes. So I think you've never done it before. I really like just doing like, you know, like red, yellow, green, just like make it really easy because unless you have a lot of practice, the precision is, is, is false and it will give you a better sense of what's going to happen than what actually will happen. And red, yellow, green for someone who's not done a lot of teams, I think is absolutely really, really smart. I don't know if I do it for WTC, but I'd absolutely do it for ITT. And then, and then just like, you're going to outplay them or you're not, especially since the boards are all the same. And especially if you're focusing yeah. on all comers lists, like actually, I think if, if it's five all comers for five all comers on the board, skill wins, not to parents, even make it easier. If you are used to playing win, draw, lose, you can kind of translate those matchups that you know are close that you are like within five ten points from each other into like a yellow those that you win comfortably into a green and those that you usually lose to a red and that's kind of like where you at it's a very simplified version but i think that's a good start it it works perfectly like i'm gonna be honest i've started with my local team as i've said and most of these guys even me had no idea how to prepare right we had no time for prepare for every single matchup. We weren't so into that. What you need to understand is the matrix is then primarily the tool for the captain or to the, the person doing the pairings. It's 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 only use. Like if you don't like stop thinking of it like if I don't bring a 12, something bad will happen. Just give me the info. Just give me your honest opinion, feelings, thoughts. I need to do this, and this is the best way to do it. And it works wonders. Like, honestly, I've done that multiple times, multiple tournaments, and have done wonderfully with just three color tables. I, yeah. I would elaborate on that and add that it's not the pairings that win you the games, it's how good your estimations are, usually. It's data. So, so, I, I, yeah. so it's basically an information game, like everything nowadays. So with that in mind, like, 
I would also add that your estimation matrices, the matrices are useful not only for the captain, but also for your own team to look at them when you have your own field and say, I don't think I agree with you on that one. And then you just start a conversation and you have players who have different point of view on a specific matchup, having a prolonged conversation, someone, some, uh, somebody else might chime in and give their point of view. And it not only validates whether one person was wrong or not, maybe they will end up playing that matchup. So it's also great because they get actual reps. But there is also another thing about it that more people start to understand what's going on in the brain of a specific player. So you tend to share more and more information with those small mm -hmm. discussions. Okay, I have two big questions. First question, do you account for player skill in the pairings and player personalities at all? Yes, no? No, never. Okay. Mitch, no? Never. I'm planning to for WTC. Okay. Maybe not for ITT, but I'm going to for okay. WTC. Because at the end of the day, I want to know if, if this person on this list plays this person on this list, on this table, on this mission, what's going to happen? At the end okay, of the day, I'm that's what I want to know, right? Even more broader than that, because I this is a pretty unique event because so many people in the UK TCF have history against one another, you know? So me personally, I do take that into consideration. If someone tells me like, look, I've never lost to this guy. <laughs> I'll be like, mate, go on. <laughs> like, well, let's continue it, you know, or something like that. But maybe, maybe that's just me. I think that's a very singles orientated view of it, of the of the world as well, right? Like, you've got a history. I think it is, but I think it produces. Hello. <laughs> I I think it produces like false uh, assumptions, because I think what you always want to expect is your opponent playing a perfect game of forty k. And you playing a perfect game of 40k. Because this is how for, you for actually captain, figure out a matchup. For See, a captain, it's fight. way worse if you underperform that you overperform. Yep. Yes. But yep. It, it's like a double-edged sword because if you underestimate everything, then your your captain is like, bro, why are you losing everything? Like yeah. <laughs> what it's happened? Very it's very comfortable to underestimate everything and overperform, which isn't isn't helpful. But I think a lot of players get caught in the trap of actually not realizing like, okay, this game is like a 12, eight right now. Like I really need to take my foot off the gas completely and make this like a six fourteen, not like a 18, two, which it could become very quickly. If I keep playing the game, there's also another to... thing about you guys, as you mentioned, you play a lot between each other. You're like basically in a pot playing those UKTC events. Hmm. You might have a preconception about playing against a specific player, but you have a preconception based on you playing win, draw, lose. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Okay, the next next point, next question I had. And Are you the host here? Yeah, I am. I'm <laughs> taking over the show. Like, bro, you have your own I'm, podcast. Come I'm on. Just the, I'm just scouting all the <laughs> His training I'm, is showing through, clearly. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the one learning everything here, so this is all good for me. Um, but me personally, I feel like the meta is, in terms of like, if you win, draw, lose, or 20 the score differentials are very close at the moment because I feel like so many armies are quite powerful and the contention within the top five armies is quite close. Um, I don't know what you guys' thoughts on that are, but I, I feel like at, at the top tables or playing at the top level, finding those like 15 fives or, you know, 16 fours is going to be in this meta a lot more difficult. I feel like it's going to be a lot of like 8, 12, 10, 11, 9, you know, around that range. I, I don't know what your I, thoughts are. 
this is my first ITT. So my experience with five men's on locked terrain is fairly limited, but I've, I've done a lot of singles play and I've, I've done a fair bit of team play at this point. I think part of what you're seeing, David, is the fact that you're talking about locked tables with smaller teams, like in an eight, in an eight, uh, team, ro eight player roster, you're going to by necessity have three factions, which are probably weaker than a five player roster. And then with the ridiculous difference in terrain on WTC board, you can create mismatches and pairings. I think you're you're likely to see a lot more 20-0s on like a WTC style thing or 15-5s than you are 12-8s that you expect to hear. Um, just because we're all you, for people who know what they're doing, we've all played on these missions and we've all played on these boards before, like potentially a dozen times or more. Like I, I just autopilot through deployment on UKTC anymore because I know exactly what I'm going to do. I can almost ignore what they're going to do uh, when I, when I lay down on the board. So like, to me, that's why I think what I said earlier, it's going to come down to player skill. I think a lot of the time, because if pairings isn't completely screwed up, you're going to have five closest matchups and who scored more points across five games and one point wins it. So I do think it'll feel quite different in that way. Um, I mean, we'll see, but that's my, my assumption going on. 100% agreed. Yeah. Like overall, I think, uh, if, if we were talking a different event, I think it wouldn't be so so difficult to find matchups, like especially on certain tables that you were sc gonna score big and skew into them. But in here, it's a completely different story, as Mitch said. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I think you 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 hit the nail, um, nail on the head there. Is that it's a set board as well, so there's no there's not as much variance potential to create differentials as well, which is um it's interesting. Eh? It's uh, you don't really have those like. I think that's a good point in terms of skewless as well. And I know Pumi, you mentioned this before as well. Like the set terrain makes it so skewless aren't necessarily as strong because you can't create the situation where you get that skewless into like a gun line on the light board into an army yep. that has a reasonable footprint. Like that's just never going to happen. Um, yeah. I, I still expect also, some games to be blowouts, like with, with the damage output. Really? Wow. Yeah. What I'm, I'm still what hammer, I'm right? People lose big sometimes. Yeah. Yes, but uh, like comparatively, especially like I've been judging UKTC for more than a year now, but now after more than a month of playing on it, I still consider those boards to be light overall. Have you seen mission number three? Yes. Have you played on I mission number three? Oh, yes. <laughs> I can tell you right now, uh, a raven uh, wing black knights moving 40 inches don't care about mission number three. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, that's the one good that's list on that, on, that, uh, on that board. And they're like, I still, overall, like, I'm not saying there isn't an army that uh, cannot play on these boards or something like this. Overall, I still consider UKTC to be light terrain in comparison to WTC. And uh, if you are used to WTC and playing that format where uh, fast shooting is king and Harley Queens were king, for example, here it is only amplified, I feel like. And because of yeah. that, uh, there might be situations, I feel like, where you just go first and win big. Iron I, Hands I, going first. I mean, I, especially yeah, yeah. things I mean, like I Raven think, Wing, think... things like Iron Hands. That's interesting. It's, I, it's, yeah, I I feel like, like I've I mean, seen. I mean, it's Go the on. it's the argument for the eons, of course. Uh, UK. <laughs> I mean, um, what I would we've say had this argument maps, before in real life so many times. <laughs> of course, what some of the so some of the maps have changed that they've moved ruins in the deployment zone um, to be angle better so stuff like that doesn't happen. But I feel mm -hmm. like 
you know, there is such a big target on places like on armies like Iron Hands, Dark Angels, Guard. Um, and it's like I would be very surprised if people got alphaed by armies like that, like at at the X and one bracket, for example, right? Um, especially with the changes to strategic reserves, like that actually slows the game down a lot, in my opinion, and it creates yep. a stalemate for a number of turns. Because is if you have strat reserves, realistically, Ironhands only have the one turn with the pod to really get you out, and it kind of depends on if you go first or second at that point. And a lot of things can happen before, like the Reaper can come, the Gladiator Reaper can come in, the Eradicators can come in, and it. I feel like armies like that are a lot less alfrey than with significantly less alfrey than we've had in the past. I, I don't think I fully agree with the reserves not committing to like a bigger swings. I think I remember plenty of games I've saw I've seen in previous uh, versions of the game in this edition that people who placed too much stuff in reserves, etc., which I think was the most common with sisters when I played against them, just somebody pushed them and they were like i guess i die oh, yeah as a classic yeah. sister mistake is to think that reserves is good <laughs> at least in nephilim i'm not sure about arcs of that's, omen but that's yeah. that's classic mistake period i think yeah. like and um if we are talking strictly like top tables only play like for this x and one bracket stuff like this it's it's a, it's a kind of a different discussion uh, but we also need to remember that players play completely differently when going for uh differentials yeah it's true like yeah. the, the the difference is massive in my opinion mm, this is literally how people everybody in like usa uh, germany or in france or whatever or even australia thought uh well craft worlds are kind of okay these holidays because they tried to win a game instead of tried to win a game by going 20-0. Hmm. And many of the, the preconceptions you might have like about certain pairing or a certain matchup might get widely different when playing differentials. Either uh, pushing a, a, a score to a halt and grinding it down to a very small win, like in 11-9 for example, or it turning, like, turning things out like pushing everything into you literally oh so you have 800 points in your reserves that's very nice it would be a shame if my whole army just literally rushed you and i went first because sometimes that happens mm -hmm. and it's you blow out all of a sudden it's interesting well, yeah. i'll offer my take on how i think this is going to play out because you asked about offensive skew lists and defensive skew lists and i think that's come up a bunch given that the tables are all identical um a common strategy that we're seeing, especially now in a gunline heavy meta, is your first defender is a heavy shooting list. I don't care what your two attackers are. I pick a light board and I just slaughter you. And it's just did this at a tournament up north in the UK where he went like 91 out of 100 points in five rounds with Iron Hands every time his first defender did exactly that. It's a great trick. Here that doesn't work because if you put them up as first defender, like, okay, I'll just pick something that can hide behind walls and score and I neuter your, your shot at a 20. But I think the only skew that does matter in this context is a good is a good like classic grindy defender list, which is gonna score its points. There's nothing you can do about it. So I throw that into your iron hands, and I don't care. You're not getting a twenty. I've neutered your biggest thing, and my iron hands, John, is gonna go twenty. So I think like, and there's only two defenders, right? Five mans. 
So I think every good team is going to need one list that is just going to consistently score like 80 something points, no matter what you do. And that's your first offender most of the time, like your generic first offender. And then you just take the most horrible thing off the table that they throw at you and then figure out the rest of it. That I think is where you want to see skew in ITT. I, I'm that, by the way, that's my sisters. I'm going to go take 70, 80 points into the most horrible things imaginable and demand my team buy me beers at the end of the night. Um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Mitch, can I ask you, how did you approach last WTC? Did, did you have a, like a, a skewing shooting list that took first defender every day? Uh, we, I don't want to talk badly about my own team because I love team ice and the death and they're going to friggin' win it this year. And y'all are going to be shocked when we do, but also last year, Nexus shop from Reiki. Yeah, yeah. Team Nexus 40 K. Uh, but, but also, like, I think we didn't have that level of um, that same level of preparation. Yes. Uh, like, there was a last minute drop. I was asked to play three days for list submission. I put together a sister's list, and that was like how it went. So, like, there was, and that forced like three people to switch armies in that last week just to make that work. So, there was a lot of churn kind of laid into it. Um, so, there was like some challenges on that perspective. Uh, we didn't have a non player at all. So, like, that made it harder. But, like, Last year, we didn't have a, like, I can shoot and just win on a light board list. Um, we went Sisters First Defender, which I think a lot of teams did. And I ground out my 8s and my 9s and my 10s all weekend long, and I did my job. Um, and we kind of expected some, you mentioned before, like, we had a Craft Worlds list, which was very hard-hitting. We had a Tyranny's just very hard-hitting. And those are the ones that we were banking on scoring 15+, plus, and everyone else would kind of hold the line. That was our rough strategy. And it, like, worked fairly well. Um, but I don't think we do that this time. I, I think in eighth, we would definitely have that horrible shooting list. And we do. We have Iron Hands and Guard. At least right now, we do. So Yeah. Uh, the reason I'm actually asking is um, because even in WTC, uh, we actually approach the things exactly how you describe them in five minutes right now. We, yeah. I think, never defended with a, with a gun line. Like, exactly. This guy over here, Took first defender like seven out of six times or six something? out of seven. Yeah. Six out of seven yeah. times and literally just scored like seven to eight points every single game, just as a as a first defender to carry this. I did exactly the same. Belgium, I was first defender, I think, five times. Why did you attack first defender Drukari with sisters? I still don't understand. <laughs> it happened. But I, we can take it. It worked out for them. Him. Oh boy, did it work out for him. It actually so. did, anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that that's how I think about it. Um, I also think the game is much more coin flippy. Holy crap, can gun lines get output right now than they could six months ago, right? Oh, they really can. Wait, so okay, I've been I've been wanting to pivot to this point for a while. So let's go. Let's gun go. Line. <laughs> uh oh. I yep. triggered David. Oh, let's What's go. Gonna I, I like the new host. <laughs> gonna be the I really like the new host. <laughs> okay, I'm playing guard. So I'm playing guard yes. ITT. Sure, I'm playing a rounded list. I'm not playing a skew list. In my opinion, guard is by far not even close to the best gun line in the game. I don't think that... I would say on average, guard probably has about 50% of the output that Iron Hands has. It probably has about equal parity with the output of, of Dark Angels as well. Assuming your opponent doesn't give you a huge Kessican bomb drop, right? Which no good player is going to give you. That's just my opinion. I don't know if I've 
I don't know, and I've certainly been shocked by the flaws that guard has, that's for sure. There are some very difficult parts to work around with guard that has almost zero options into, and I've been deep into the soup tank trying to fix some of these issues. So one big issue with guard is it has almost no melee component to it, and whatever melee component it has is either hamstrung by moving six inches and not being able to advance and charge, or moving 12 inches, but you're a cavalry model, so, I mean, what are you doing anyway? Um, that's that's been my experience. They do have, obviously, shooting output as well, and they can play aggressive, and their secondaries are quite up on par there, but I personally feel like Dark Angels and Iron Hands certainly outclass them in almost every regard. That's just my hot take, but yeah. <laughs> what are they not top that is five? Certainly a hot take. That is uh, they they are top, top five, five they're top five. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. I think guard yeah, guard you want guard in your top five. For sure. I'm not saying you don't. I think the, the, the big decision points for us. So let's say we only had like realistically three people on our team that we could flex the list on. The the big decision points for us were like, what version of Space Marines are you gonna play? Are you gonna play Dark Angels or are you to play those Mike? listening? I, I just want to do a, a quick caveat that's very good to be done at fifty-seventh minute. In team setting, you only can have one version of Marines. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you're yeah, here, yeah. I assume you already did know about it, but yeah. So you can't just play five Space Marines, which and Guard, which would probably be that bad. But Alec would something. But you know, are you playing Dark Angels? Are you playing Iron Hands? Uh, kind of what kind of Guard list are you playing? Are you playing a skewed list? Uh, are you playing a rounded Wait, list? And then aren't you aren't you playing Death Watch? Uh, <laughs> not... <laughs> it was, you you knew yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> That's a fair point. Look, I don't, I don't think Death Watcher are actually that bad, but I just think they're obviously outclassed by. But they are, uh, they are the all around artists, right? Well, it's unfortunately not. Unfortunately, there's armies that are so strong that they are all rounded and still have insane shooting capabilities, <laughs> such as Iron Hands. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's you know, and then for us, it's kind of like, do you do you have like a curveball army after that? Which I think, I think personally, a curveball army is pretty scary. I know if I was in a five man team and and they had a curveball army on a player that was extremely good, I would be really worried because doing pairings into things like that is pretty difficult, especially if you don't have the time to work out, okay, this is actually how, like, this is what they're trying to do. Um, so, yeah, no, that's just my hot take. Pumba, I mean, you, both of you guys, I think all three of you guys have said, you know, guard, guard, guard this, but, like, what has been your experiences playing with it? I guess, it's, you know, it's the newest faction to come out for this tournament, aside from um, World Eaters, I suppose, but it's definitely got, like, it's it's in the bullseye as far as I can term in terms of what people are thinking about actively and what they're looking at and stuff. I will answer first on the stats side, just for everyone listening. If you see that guard has kind of low stats coming arcs of omen, it's worth mentioning that by low stats, I mean like only 55% win rate for born soldiers. It's worth noting that most of the events that are recorded in those datas, uh, in those condensed data, it, those events didn't allow not original models or proxies. So most of them didn't allow for Leontus and, mm. for example, sometimes didn't allow for Rogaldorns. Not like they are really that good, but like it's something that might have hindered the stats a little bit when we are talking about the army. And the other thing I wanted to say is that any army that, as you mentioned, doesn't have a really good close combat unit and is innately only shooting army has a huge difference in terms of performance when put into really skilled hands and like yeah. above average hands. 
for sure. That's I actually think Gardo, I find that Prosper very difficult to play well. It, yep. That's just my I, opinion. I, I, my take about yeah. Gardo is players are bad. I'm sorry, but... Well, it'll be obviously, Gard haven't had a top four showing um, last week or something, right? So, and, and I understand that there's newness to the army and everything like that, but at the same time, playing a new army is a big advantage because people haven't played into it. So that should, in theory, elevate your win rate as well. Like that, that's just a, a fact. If people haven't had the experience to play games against it, you're at a huge advantage um, when you're playing your games. They are hugely... Uh, they are absolutely beatable. They are nowhere near unbeatable. Mm, there are many ways to actually do it. Mm, the problem with guard, I feel like, is they are kind of straightforward, especially in the the builds that, um, in terms of not playing them. Actually, is not what I mean. If they are easy to play, as mm, your opponent can easily deduce what your game plan is by seeing your list. And I feel like they have been talked about so much right now, especially, and about those couple of units, like certain units, that everybody kind of know what's to, knows what to expect coming against the guard. Yeah. You will face Lehman Russes with plasma cannons. You will face nine mortars, and you will face Kazurkin bombs that deal a billion mortal wounds. That's your three main components. Yeah. The the other important thing to note here is we keep saying they win, they win, they win. You don't need to, they don't need to, like, it's okay if they win by one or two, right? Like, mm -hmm. if they win 12-8 and I take them off the table with my sisters because I just, I tie them on primary all game and, like, I score close-ish on secondaries because theirs are amazing, but mine are bad. Like, okay, great. I just took your big gun off the table that was supposed to score you a 20 or, or a big score and, like, it didn't. So I think that's also another big part of it. In a team's context, it changes the story quite a bit. Um, mm. If they're going to sit back and shoot, okay. Fine. Mm. Although their secondaries are absolutely amazing as well. Oh, yeah. You've got to be able to score 35 from your deployment zone or else you don't take that matchup, right? But like if you can... That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, like obviously, Inflexible Command is an auto 15, which isn't healthy for the game at all. Boots on the ground, I find a little bit more difficult to actually apply and maximize. It's actually quite a difficult one to get 15s in, uh, really. But mind you, I'm playing against like people that we play like a five-hour game. We play theoretical perfect, uh, yeah. and then obviously you've got like banners or R and D as well, which is either an eight or a ten on some matchups as well. Um, which is, as Mitch rightly said, a, th <laughs> a thirty-five. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I've been I've been a little bit. I don't know if I would personally play guard in a in a deep singles tournament like let's say coventry a three day was around the corner don't know if i'd necessarily play it there are some some parts of the army that are in, insanely unforgiving as well i mean i would yeah. like to add one more thing about guard and whatever top army we might be talking about nowadays whenever whenever you're talking about graven wing terminator breaks iron hands uh guard whatever you call top nowadays uh, so gsc included i think gsc is the least impacted by this those armies are very role dependent when playing against each other so when you mention that one as a as a team approach you can imagine that if somebody defends with guard and you attack them with your guard and iron hands somebody will get fucked on the who goes first role and there's not much you can do about it because your mortars kill his mortars and then he cannot kill your mortars and stuff like that 
No, mate. You put your mortars in your transport. Come on, man. Come on. It's a no-brainer. Come on. Are <laughs> I, I think we know why you don't rate card that highly. I'm not even joking. Of course you put your mortars in your transport. They're just blowing up the roof of their transport and confused why no one else is talking. No, I think I think the reason the no, robot yeah. doesn't have a floor uh, in the actual model is you can fit a mortar in there. I think it fits, so that checks out. You can. And then you get them out, Finial, you don't take the penalty, and then you, you, know, then you get them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not trolling well, that's actually like no i i know what you mean i i i just love shit talking at times uh, <laughs> yeah. but what i mentioned like i think gsc is like the more stable in the in the matchups amongst the top that's what i'm just trying to say like which so is stop so up. weird to say by the way i the secondary yeah just gonna score, gsc right? is just, the most they can just score holy shit they're like they're like the new necrons eh? necrons can leak their boots in my opinion <laughs> I mean, like, <gasps> Necrons could, like, not really kill you, but they would just score 100 points. So get I, I think they are kind of different. Like, Necrons could actually win high with you. GSC yeah. are, is w way more stable to actually get small wins. That's, like, that's, like, the difference. But what I was just trying to convey is that whenever we talk about those shooty armies matchups, they will tend to be very random. Interesting. Gun lines mm. against gun lines is uh, is it a clown thing? fiesta? Is a clown yeah. fiesta? Hmm. It's also a clown fiesta that you, you can skew in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, list yeah, is in four days, so this this advice is irrelevant. But if you could teleport me back, and I was right, I would be. I would suggest don't take Iron Hands and Garg necessarily to ITT. I think taking two gun lines on fixed terrain in a five team thing is asking for it because you might just run into a comp that like is not that scared of of both of them like they can solve one and not the other and then you're not super excited about it and maybe one of them loses i, I would max out at one but, but but is iron hands a gun lane exactly that's a good question it's a good Let's question get the yeah. and fly, mate. As, as, <laughs> as soon as you have like billion speeders and like 15 van vets are, are you playing list. a gun lane? It's, it's, Those guys can punch you... hard. Yeah, that list is super oh, well rounded, and it's uh, yeah. It's really yeah. Well. I think it's it, solved this point. You know, you're playing. It's hard speed it's fast killable board control. control that kills you the moment you step out behind the wall. It's very yeah. tough. But also in UKTC, it can touch in and see into the windows with the speeders too, which is uh, which is the tough part. And melters are, are and there is also part. one thing which is great to again talk one hour into the show and that is uh, on UKTC you can actually block charges which you cannot do on WTC which yep. changes a lot of matchups and armies a lot yep. how, how yep. they perform so if I stand an inch off a wall trick you're describing right now right if I stand yeah. an inch off the wall I can't be charged through it yeah yeah, yeah. and it's that the... doesn't apply at WTC because of the ruling that was also used at LVO for those who are unaware so I haven't rolling. played any. Uh, I haven't played any world eaters. Are they good? Am I worried? Uh, if you can block their charges, I think they are not as good, man. Uh. <laughs> so wait, a, a pure combat army that can't charge anything important loses? Is that the advice, Typhus? What is the What is the viability <laughs> of playing uh, world eaters? You see, if you need some knowledge um, like that, you can pay for coaching, right? It's truly <laughs> worth, worth your time I'm and money. I'm just trusting 
everybody at ITT to have no fucking idea what I, the world eaters do and not just uh, not bring them. Pombo uh, is taking world eaters. There we go. I've cracked. It. I am, I can I can one hundred percent tell you, <laughs> I am not bringing them into my team because <laughs> I, we've just decided we don't have the capacity, and I'm trusting everybody else to do the exact same thing and oh. just not have the models ready and the time to actually figure them out. Uh, and that's my position on the army right now. But I know it can scores I, big. I, can I, I just go to mini rant? I, I hate mega sword lists like that with like, I could 20 half the half the uh, matrix and, and lose by 20 to the other half of the matrix. Those things are such a pain of the neck to pair. I hate those yeah. lists. Do you okay. think world leaders are that? I have no idea. I, I, I haven't seen I think I they are the like exact gotten experience opposite. with them. Yeah. You think they're just going to score a lot exactly. of secondaries and be yeah. fine? I think, are, I think on I UKTC, I think on UKTC they are really comparable to sisters in in the yeah. way they play matchups, and they will suffer from the same problems sisters suffer yeah. on those boards. That they want to stage and then jump you, and if you can get an angle on them, they're going to die basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. they are a secondaries because... army. Yeah, and sisters were the same. You can grab an of Oman yeah. book. You can grab the Narcs of Moven Book. They have their secondaries there. They are uh, literally scoring for dying on their objectives. So <laughs> that's, there you go. They, they, they will score like a 35 on the secondaries. I, I think like when we were looking at them, it was you start the game with 62 points, including painting, and then you go yeah, from exactly. there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think that's their, that's their floor. But you can't throw them up as a first defender, right? Because if if they just pin you with two really strong shooting lists, I mean, I guess it depends. On ITT, you can't. Yeah, I would I would say you can't. I think they have it yeah. too 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 big of a footprint and not enough like uh, super safe staging for ITT. And you can't take that heavy board. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, that's that's at least what I'm hoping for because I have no fucking idea how to play against them. <laughs> I, I just want as a ref those calls when people get eight bounded turn one and like why did this one <laughs> fig boy move 22 inches like can you explain a, wait, hold on i'm putting in a call to my boy yeah 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 15 eight bounds 15 yeah, yeah, okay. I'm going to send you an order list. Just uh, make sure you handle that shit. Um, yeah, spray three colors. And uh, yeah, cool. Thanks, man. <laughs> like two rhinos. The new the new guy. The list writes itself, at least. So that's that. I, I never thought I would say it, but that army is as complex in list building as Harley's are. <laughs> I think it's less. List? I'm going to yeah. say it. I think it's less complicated. Come on, have like five, five entries. I did see two different exactly. people of the notable community post two lists, and I don't think they knew each other. And it was twenty-five points difference. Like it was like the exact <laughs> same list, and, and they were like, oh, "I didn't know this person had the same list as me." I was like, Mate, "It's like not an minutes. army; it's a list." Like I'm <laughs> not shitting you. It's like how I mean. My my suspicion is they're going to do what Games Workshop often does, and they'll have a phase two release at some point with more stuff yeah. to pad it out. Like Sisters did that. The rumors are Votan will get that. I mean, have some faith. Yeah. Uh, in Knights, Games Workshop, they always do. A Knights any good? Chaos Knights, Imperial Knights. Obviously, they got souping options a lot more, but in fives, they're just not really the competitive point we can play them. I, I think both armies have legs. I think they are. You have legs. They are knights. 
<laughs> okay. It's not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> Thank you for your in-depth knowledge. There you go. Mr. To- and if you're what asking why did David Gaylord end ITC in fourth place, it's that yeah. kind of insight that he just That's the shit. It's, it's, the insight. <laughs> it's the know-how. He yeah. just knows. He just knows. Yeah, I, I think they they have completely different approach, and I don't think their place in top five armies is that set compared to eight. I think they have more more plays in eight men's than five men's. Hmm. So they're on the they're, 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 what I found with they are a risk. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, I feel like Imperial Knights are more of a risk because you want to bring one or two big boys and then like six just little guys, and that is skew, right? If, if you have two big boys, half your army is 48 wounds and two models. But like the chaos list, which is like, you know, 12 armagers, that is... Uh, and each of them has just 14 kill. wounds. And I want to emphasize one great thing about knights nowadays. They can abuse strategic reserves. And regular knights have it worse than chaos knights because they need to have that one big boy. And chaos yep. knights can have a knight in deep strike few knights in a, that come out turn one if you want to even and those are things that are really useful and but at the same time they have a completely different fighting profile so yep. they, some of them are better into an, other matchups than others so what, like what chaos really knights tend to be better into close combat armies than knights basically mm-hmm. uh although i i did hear something that i just need to jump into and uh Uh-oh. be a complete uh, ass about what do you mean, bring two big knights? Let <laughs> people make mistakes. Brother, brother, not anymore. It's been. When did the codex release exactly? How are how are people still playing the two big knights list? I mean, it's I been so much. What do you want from so... me? What do you want from me? <laughs> it's been would... so many months. Stop doing love... this. Next up, you're gonna bring, bring a desecrator into Chaos Knights. <laughs> I would laugh, but I've had some notably close games against a House Raven double knight list for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I did, the, I the, did, one other, the one other really good thing about Chaos Knights, and we haven't talked about this at all, but it's really interesting in five bands, is like you do your first pairings, great, you're fusing attacker, but right away for the second pairings, you've got to worry about refused attackers. Like, bam, like you're right there. You're making very few choices before you're going to YOLO that last one where the two refuse attackers play each other having knights as one of it, chaos knights as one of your second round attackers is nice because if they get refused they're probably going to be fine into the other guys refused attackers obviously play at the matrix but having a few brawlers which will be fine if they get refused and you get surprised they don't do what you think they're going to do and suddenly they're in a weird matchup it's nice to have a few factions that can do that and i think chaos knights are very good at playing that role on a team five or eights but especially fives Hmm. Like, I'm gonna be straight up honest. We thought about bringing knights. I've rated them very highly. I think they are too much of a risk, and that's it. Hmm. Or I just didn't feel. We mentioned like rollups, rollups between like the top armies. I think knights just add another army that tends to yeah bring it over the board for your team composition. Hmm. Yeah, yep. yeah. So but I um, like them a lot. Like I'm gonna be honest, I, I like knights a lot. I would like them to have the like. I think they are a definite possibility 
I think the the they are super good in the meta, which I am very surprised they are. But I think they are really good into the actual meta. Wow. Like, I'm not kidding. Um, I, I'm I'm just gonna I won't let you disclose if you're talking Chaos Knights or Imperial Knights, but I'm gonna assume you're talking about Imperial Knights. Yes, I am. I, talking about okay, Knights. and I think because if by the way, if you're listening to this and you don't know, Knights can outflank and arrive from reserves on turn one, right? Um, there's, a, there's a plate you can take, which is a with the free huge base, yeah. as opposed to previously, right? So that gives you a lot of dynamism to the army that you necessarily didn't have uh, have previously, and their secondary is obviously a really solid. Even if you want to tank a loss, you can still get a nine probably right um depending on how much you get how much you get tanked and your kind of your matchup um typhus are you playing in the itt you can maybe kick us off as next question i'm gonna ask no no i'm okay a head referee hypothetical what five factions are you bringing if you're submitting tomorrow i will do the same and uh we're all gonna do the same and i'll i'll be honest. I, I love the new host i, I, I can be work that all right much. all right i can be honest as long as this episode airs after the list. Oh, come on. That was the whole that was the whole point. Bro, bro, Josh <laughs> and Team England are listening. I, I know I would be listening, bro. Let's take the well, five. List lock is only in like four days. So they can't change it now. Only Mr. Have you I seen people four... jump armies to get those sweet? If I had IDC four whole points days to print out an army, I would do it. 100%. Okay, Typhus is not playing. Okay, I, with the exception of Pumba, because I've some of my lists are already locked in, I will do the same. What I would bring if uh, if it was, because I've got two people that are already locked in, so it's not representative for me. I, I don't mind doing it. Typhus, what would you bring for the top five? Uh, guard, yep. GSC, uh, Oryx. O-R-K-S? Yes. Okay. That's a hot take, but that's my hot take. I, I, I might be wrong. I like it. Like uh, that's free armies. Uh, somebody to be a really boring player, so 50 Terminators. <laughs> so good, yeah. One more. You've got the space uh, reflection to pick. Or uh, no, I, I just picked it. Sure. I, <laughs> I, I, I would say it's more of a brain cancer, but like it's still <laughs> brain cancer in Terminator armor with transhuman. Sure. So, uh, fifth army. Mm, Probably craft words. Okay. Mitch, or do you want me to go first? I mean, I'm going to sidestep you uh, and go back to my original point, which is I think like the, what we're doing is we're taking factions that we're comfortable with because AOO is still a very uncertain meta and we're playing mm -hmm. factions that we think we can perform well with in that uncertainty. Um, but, you know, there is some flavor to it. So like we are taking Iron Hands. Uh, we are taking GSC. Uh, partly because it's great and it's so different at playing well than everyone else is. Like, it just such, such a weird, different type of a list that it's just going to get weird matchups. Also, like, let's be honest, Tom was told that was one of the things he needs to practice. So he's practicing it, uh, yeah. which is a factor. We're bringing sisters again because that's what I know how to do very well. And I think I'm just going to go jump on grenades and have a great time doing it. Um, and then we're bringing Grey Knights and. Uh, Harleys for our last two. And I think Harleys are still very strong and Grey Knights are a little bit of a, um, I think Grey Knights are the other, this person's very familiar with this faction and is going to do relatively well with it. Also, we nice. wanted to take Craft Worlds, but we took Harleys. So stupid team rules. Yeah. That makes sense. And now I'm just going to refuse to answer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and there we go. It's not easy. Uh, I would take, 
for me, a, a decision point is you take Iron Hands or you take uh, Ravenwing uh, Dark Angels. I feel like the Iron Hands, a little bit more flexible. I'd probably go with that. I would take Guard. I would take 300 Termigants. And I would take... Um, no, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll take uh, Guard, uh, Iron Hands. Um, I would take uh, Harlequins. I would take Custodies, which I don't think we've mentioned. I feel like that's um, potentially a nice curveball there. It's been performing well, and I think can potentially catch some people off guard. Uh, I just think it has awful matchup into Iron Hands and Guard. That, that's true, but maybe you can figure that out in the second round of pairings. Uh, and I didn't know GSC was as good as apparently both of you thought it was, so I wouldn't have picked that, uh, but I maybe would have gone with um, maybe like Sisters, I think, um, would have been a, would have been an interesting one, like, like some kind of solid defender. But um, yeah, maybe, yeah, that's probably what I would go with personally. Pumba, now, I know you, you don't have to say, but... but no, no, the... I can I can lay no, 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 it's fine, like, no. do you want me do you want me to to give you what I would bring as my perfect five or what I'm actually bringing they are close to each other but they are not the same no 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 I go, go with perfect five wait 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 yeah if, is this is there a faction that we haven't between the three of us are there any factions that we haven't mentioned that were that are actually kind of top of mind for you right now no I think they would be all in we kind of covered like for the my top five for my top five i think we've covered it okay so you don't have to answer because i understand more than anyone that no 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 i'm i'm really fine i'm just trolling like See, I, I got can, it. I can... <laughs> no 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 it's 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 completely fine like it's four days i, I was just joking around uh we... i would bring i'm actually in the in the camp of uh 45 deathwing terminators with support is just a brain cancer and i would play that if i had uh if i had that list for wtc as i had my 36 beloved warriors i would play that but um i would rather enjoy my life if i still have it so i i just don't think i would bring that and i'm not bringing that just because i don't want to enjoy the event uh but that i think that list is just just horrendous in in teams uh, it's it's such a cock block that it's hard to figure out an answer for yeah. uh uh harley's for me uh, guard definitely in gsc cool. super in actually gsc number one spot wow uh and the last one is the tire b boys let's all remember so you've mentioned <sighs> Yeah, Typhus mentioned orcs. You've mentioned yeah. custodes. But wait, can I can interrupt. One thing, I, one, thing, one thing we should have mentioned that I actually just realized would have been my fifth actually instead of sisters. I would mm -hmm. play Tau probably. No, nope, can't take it back. Sisters are better. With nope. two sun, I would play two sun shock bombers. I think. Yeah, I, I was going to say that the the factions which I'm surprised no one mentioned are Tau and demons. demons. I think demons. I was going to say. Like yes. 70 slanish, um, what are they called? Little guys, demonettes. Demonet. Yeah, those don't die that fast, yes. and they are all over you, all over you in one turn. We're like, all in the same online circles, clearly, because this list has. I've yeah, yet yeah, to yeah. see this list actually do well. I'm just going to put it out there, but a lot same. of things, I mean, a lot of things. But I have seen the list. <laughs> I mean, we, Heather, who's the team captain for Iceland, got second best demons in the world and and took them to LVO. So I. I might be a little bit slanted in my opinion, but I've seen him do some very impressive things with that. No, none so. of us. 
is biased. We are perfectly objective. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why we have completely different opinions about which armies are the best. Yeah. I think a closing note for me would be that there's obviously, even between the four of us for fives, there's obviously like a ton of viable factions. Like, I don't think anything that we mentioned here was going to be like severely deplete your chances of actually winning the entire tournament. Like, if you picked, as I said, I would have picked, I, I could easily go with knights, for example. Exactly, right? Or, yeah, or something else or something else that we I could see chaos knights as well. Yep, no problem. Yeah. Um, which is, I think, a really exciting part, uh, meta to be in. It's like super unsolved. Uh, teams with fives on UKTC with uh, all the same board is really interesting because for me it becomes a lot about the sequencing of the missions and thinking about missions four, five, and six. Like, what is your team composition going to look like to perform well on those missions? Because those are evidently where you would most likely play a, a team where you're going to lose if you're one, if you're a top competing team. Um, so it seems real positive to me. I can't wait to see you guys uh, next weekend. Well, not this weekend, but the weekend after as well. Yeah, I, I would add that it will be way more interesting when we will look after ITT into the Netherlands eight min eight months. Mm, yeah. If we, if we analyze, I will try to get one episode after the list submission to actually analyze what different teams took because I think it will be very very interesting. How I still expect the meta to be unsolved by then in eight months. I agree. I, re I really expect it to be unsolved and different teams taking different things. Uh, but like I, I can see David was trying his hardest to close close it out and actually go to sleep and he has the, work he has the host mentality you can't take it away yeah like I, I will think twice next time when I ask Vic who should be the guy from you two and I will take I will just take Vic because that soothing voice will not interrupt and will not take over so how do you think that you think that Welcome. I, uh, I will I will learn it at one point that, that that's what I expect. Um, Typhus, did I do good that I only said the word just as a battle 462 times on the show? Because I think I did really I good. expected five more. <laughs> I'll work on that next time. I apologize. Uh, I acknowledge okay, my me. failing will correct it. But like on the closing notes, uh quick two questions. Mitch, what are your favorites going into this tournament? uh obviously uh team oxford is is gonna win the whole damn thing what are you talking about problem solved okay, okay I, I mean i think one of the national teams is my favorites like i look at like mini poland or mini england or maybe these dice down guys like i think that honestly mini me poland mini england are my, my my takers to win they have the team mentality they've got the talent they've got the reps as a team is what i would guess and david who's your dark horse oh dark horse um the problem is I don't know any of the other teams, <laughs> but I'm going to take the other same uh, question. And I think Team England have a, uh, on paper, strictly speaking on paper, I think everyone here would agree Team England have the most decorated team and, and very scary player skill. Everyone on that team, I would be scared to play. Uh, maybe Chris Kenner, because I don't think I've, I've played him before, but I think on paper, they've got the scariest team. I think after WTC, they'll, they'll, be in a bit more of the try-hard camp in terms of preparing and what like that. And I think this will be a good preparing uh, tournament for them. So I think I would go Team England, closely followed by Team Poland. And then uh, I think my team is, you know, fighting for potentially taking a win off Team Poland or, or Team England on a good day and um, kind of coming in third and um, beating the rest of the teams sort of around. And, and, you know, having to try hard against a couple of the other teams like uh, tr Team Try-hard. <laughs> and um and uh vanguard tactics who i'm assuming have a team there as well and like war masters so i think we'll probably come out the top of the pack of those 
but I think we'll be behind the national teams as well. Should I give my answer? Like, we are taking it away from home. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's it, go, is, baby. It, is, it, is, it is going away from home, is what I'm going to say. <laughs> Although, um, I'm going to, like, be super honest. Like, I think that just the, the sheer amount of prep and play that uh, teams like Dice Down or Team England have gotten onto UKTC boards is mm. massive. The fact that we are jumping into completely different system on a completely different terrain with completely different set of rules is gonna be a tough thing to jump through. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be very difficult for us to to adapt to that in a, such a short amount of time. I think, Pumbi but I I also I also think that we are able to. Yeah, it's gonna I be difficult, but I think people are gonna get mice on that. That's what you were saying. I it hurts. really hope it they hurts. Will. I I really am hoping they will. Yeah, I think uh, we're we're lucky in that you know our team has got a wealth of experience, probably more than Team England at that point because a lot of them played teams as well. We're probably the most experienced players on the board on the on the boards on the tournament. But it's not to be understated that not playing the terrain sets and the and even the venues and the players and whatnot like that and the mission packs not not playing that on a daily basis does have a big. Um, is a big disadvantage and of course you know a lot of us guys experience that when we go to LVO not playing that format the tournament format the terrain format everything like that is you do feel like you're on the back foot and you and you really know it um, but I have no doubt that you guys are putting in the effort I bet you've got people playing literally right now I think there's one game going on right now yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, there, there yes, a, there is. One of, <laughs> one of my favorite all-time episodes of Mythbusters, which was one of the greatest TV shows ever made, was when they were trying to figure out if you could like swim in jello, like how fast you could swim in jello instead of like water. And they got like an Olympic athlete to like do the test. And they ended up throwing the test away because the Olympic athlete was so perfectly trained to swim in water that like trying to put him in a different context made him terrible. And in fact, he like underperformed compared to like the hosts of the show who were just like guys who could swim because they just like were more okay with the switchover. The reason I say this is like the the players who are like some of the best singles players in the world does not necessarily translate over to teams. Like yep. and and thinking differently about losing small or when do you take your foot off the gas is like a whole skill set. Now, granted, obviously, Daly, you're a phenomenal player, but there is like a lot to that different context, which I think more teams oriented players will naturally intuit to and close that skill gap a little bit. So, you know, yep. team Poland all the way, baby, you can be right behind team Oxford in second place. I will allow it. <laughs> I will take that. I will take that very much. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, do you want to do some plugs before you go? I, I know one of you might want like the host. Well, Mitch, Mitch hosts the Sisters <laughs> podcast, which is an uh, extremely good podcast. Uh, if you play sisters, you need to go. And and check out the podcast as well. Is, is that wait? Are we inverse plugging? Is that what this is? Yeah, no, I'm just. I mean, I love you know. Which is, <laughs> Have you mentioned the name of the podcast though? Yeah, it's it's the sisters podcast, right? It's called Sister Act 40K. Whoopi Goldberg has yet to sue us. You'll need the 40K or you'll just get Whoopi Goldberg content. Uh, so Sister Act 40K, <laughs> and that's how you find us. <laughs> and right. David Gaylor co-hosts an episode called 40k fireside where you can listen to him and vic like talk about stuff they're both really good players and they have good insights so you should listen to them too there we go. i'm liking this hey. inverse plug it's fun pumbu have you got uh you, you must be attached to something are you or 
to team Poland have something? We don't have anything going on in English because I apparently we don't just don't have enough uh, content capabilities, let's say, and time is the resource that we are lacking. But I'm going to plug uh, the Contact Lost podcasts, which are our good friends that have uh, hosted us multiple times and are absolute champions of the Polish community overall. And they are sharing uh, what's going on in Polish 40k all the time. So I'm going to shout them out because they are amazing. On a closing note, thank you guys for joining in. This was episode i don't know which number i don't really <laughs> i don't really enumerate those but like enter the matrix part of the stat check network it's a bonus content that's not a regular content as you can tell from the name i'm great at pitching those things and if you like it consider subscribing to us going to patreon you know giving some comments because those youtube algos are weird and no one wants to get trapped by them. I think we didn't swear en enough to get demonetized. So I'm really proud of you guys. It's now I'm kind of disappointed. <laughs> There's no in it. Like I didn't to do really my job. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think YouTube algo will actually catch Ines swearing. Like, <laughs> no idea what he's saying. Yeah. Like, YouTube algo will not do that. So on that note, enjoy until the next one. For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com.